The Audible is back on the air. John Kinjemi here, Kim Bocamper, enjoying some vacation time away from South Florida and well-deserved by Kim. I hope he has a great time. And, and today I thought we might take a look back at some of the best sound from some of the players and the coaches that we're able, we were able to put together over the last couple of months. I'll start today with a guy that's in charge of the Miami Dolphins when they take the field in 2019. Can't wait for the Miami Dolphins to get back here in the month of July. Training camp will start late in July and then the Baltimore Ravens will come to town in September for that first game at Hard Rock Stadium and the guy that's going to lead the Miami Dolphins on the playing field that's head coach Brian Flores here's a conversation we had with Brian after he accepted the job to become the head coach of the Miami Dolphins Kimbo Camper, John Congemi. We're uh, proud to be joined by the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores. And first of all, Coach, uh, welcome you to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, it's been a crazy couple of days for you, uh, but it's certainly great to have you here. We've we've heard about you know the rumors of you coming. Now it's done. It's official. Everything is signed, sealed, and delivered. And uh, and just if you will take us through the last twenty four hours because it, it has to have been just a blur for you from the beginning of of Sunday uh, to where you are right now. It definitely has been a blur, um, but a good blur. Yeah. All right, a good blur on all accounts. Uh, you know, the day of the Super Bowl, that day is a long day in general. Yep. Um, you wake up, you know, you eat, you wait, you eat again, you yep. wait, yeah. you get on the bus, you wait. Um, <laughs> pre-game's longer. Yep. It's longer timeouts. But when you get into the Florida game, it's, you know, obviously exciting. And, you know, what a great game we, you know, that I was a part of yesterday. Um our guys played really well, yeah. um, really as a team, um, and we just battled. That's a resilient group. Um, they showed the resolve that you know they've shown over the, over the, the entire course of the yeah. season, and um, we pulled it out at the end. Um, and it was a great team win. Uh, after that, you know, you, you you feel the confetti fly, and you start thinking about what's next, and yeah. you really you try to stay in the moment, but it's hard. Yeah. Um, and uh, Enjoyed last night, you know, celebrated with the guys, celebrated with our, our coaching staff and the families. Um, woke up this morning, hopped on a plane, and, you know, I come down here and, um, you know, really fulfill the dream of becoming the head coach in the National Football, team, National Football League. And uh, more than that, it's, you know, with a team that I felt was, you know, the right fit. Yeah. Um, again, I didn't, uh, I wasn't in a rush to become a head coach. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted it to be the right fit, the right place, the right situation. I felt like this was it. And and what was it in your in your conversations, uh, in your interviews, and just thinking about it and talking about it with your family, with your wife, and mm-hmm. and everybody that you use to make decisions of this magnitude? Yeah. What was it about the about Miami that that you said? Like you said, look, I wasn't I wasn't chasing a job. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it just you know normal course of business? You get the opportunity. Yeah. What was it about Miami that you said? You know what? That's the place for me to go right now. You know when you you go through the interview process. Um, I think you hear a lot of the same core beliefs, mm-hmm. you know, hard work, putting the team first, um, uh, you know, doing all the things uh, uh, from a culture standpoint, building a right culture. Everyone mm-hmm. says those things. Um, but to, for me, I wanted it was a feel. Um, I think, you know, in a lot of you know, when mm-hmm. you're making the decisions, you know, you got to go with your gut. And, you know, I had I had a good feel and, you know, my gut told me that, like that's the place you you, you want to be. Yeah. Um, so um, I was fortunate that you know the the they felt the same way, mm-hmm. and um, 
and I'm here, and I'm, yep. I'm happy to be here and excited for, for the future. How did today feel for you going through it? I mean, your first day as a head coach in the National Football League trying to simulate what you want to do with a staff and put together a, a plan for the future. You know, you, your philosophy is, you know, let's take it day by day and get better with mm-hmm. each day. So now you've got today and you got to enjoy it. Yeah. So now you start on that process of trying to put together a staff to make this football team uh, at its core, because the co- coaching staff and players, that's where it comes from, mm-hmm. to make it as good as it can be. How do you go through that process now? Um, well, I'm all about structure and processes um, uh, and routine. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, and I thrive in that. Um, so I have some, you know, processes, a structure that, you know, um, I'll go through here over the next few days, weeks, um, Part of that will be, you know, putting the staff together. Um, um, obviously, we have guys, some guys targeted. Um, and once we get the group in, uh, we'll start towards the process, you know, whether it's scheduling to combine to uh, draft, et cetera. I mean, there's, there's, there's you know, a myriad of things that we're going to have to kind of go through as a staff and as an organization. Um, obviously, Chris um, – We'll, uh, we'll take the lead on a lot of those things, and um, we'll work in, in, in conjunction and in collaboration. Everything will be a collaborative effort. Um, that's part of the um, what drew me to this uh, this, this opportunity, and um, I'm looking forward to it. By being with Coach Belichick for as many years as you were, do you feel like you want someone on your staff as a as a sounding board that's kind of been there and done that? How how will you how will you formulate experience and wisdom? compared to a young guy that I need to get someone's attention at a specific position or group? Mm-hmm. I think uh, when you're building a staff, I think all those things play play into it. Um, you want a mix of veterans. You want a mix of youth. You want a mix of uh, wisdom, energy. Uh, but at the same time, you want to put – you need a group of guys who work well together as yeah. a staff. Um, I really believe that any fracture anywhere along the line at any point, specifically on the staff, because they, you know. That's your lifeblood, right? That's it. They're dealing yeah. with the players more than anyone, you know. Um, you know, you, you, you got to have guys who can work well together um, and and what may be adverse situations. Um, so those guys got to stick together just like we tell the players to stick together. Coaching staff's got to stick together too. Right. That's important to me. Um, so and putting together staff um, – you know, that'll be a, a, a big part of, uh, um, well, I would say my main objective to putting together a staff. But, you know, I, I got to say, you look pretty good in the aqua and orange, too. You know, those colors, they're becoming on you, those colors. <laughs> Thank so you. Got to get used to them, right? No problem. <clears throat> hey, one of the things you talked about, and you mentioned it a number of times during your uh, uh, your press conference, their core beliefs, mm-hmm. philosophy. Um, w- w- when you t- say core beliefs, what does that mean to you? That means... Um, that regardless of what the situation is, regardless of what anyone says, well, regardless of, you know, what's said outside of the mm-hmm. building, um, we're going to come back to the, the these core beliefs. Yes. Um, so, um, it's, you know, the, the belief of putting the team first, working hard, doing your job, being attentive, uh, those are hard to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, human nature to think about yourself um but when you step into into this building you know i want guys to be thinking about the group 
and what can they do um, to help the group, even if that means taking a step back, mm-hmm. which that's really hard for some guys. Yep. Um, so, Coach, you, you've, you've, you've coached with a lot of different people, assistant coaches, head coaches in different areas, college, NFL. Um, how much do you take out of each one of those guys to put together the, the, the picture of what Brian Flores is going to be as a head coach? I think uh, I've always believed this. I think it doesn't matter where you get um, – if you get good information or something that can help this mm-hmm. team, well, I don't care where we get it from. Yeah. Uh, it could be a high school coach. It could be a college coach. It could be, you know, uh, a young guy with no experience. Mm-hmm. If you got a good or great idea and we think it will help this team win, you know, no problem. I'll listen. Um, I think uh, one of my greatest strengths is that I know I don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And I try to put people. I try to bring people around me, um, who uh, can help me and help the team um, come up with the right answers. I think when you put minds together mm-hmm. um, and you can brainstorm, um, that's when you come up with your best game plan, your best processes, your best structures. And uh, if you can do those things, and you can put the players in the best position to do what they do well, and you give yourself a chance. Watching from the other sideline and playing against the Miami Dolphins over the course of years, especially the last couple of years, and studying the offense as you did going against them, did you get any insight on what you liked about some of the parts of the Miami Dolphins? What gave you problems about certain guys like a Kenyon Drake in the, out of the backfield mm-hmm. or it's a, a Kenny Stills stretch in the field? You know, he's gonna, a, bring, you know he's gonna bring Kenyon Drake up yeah. in the conversation. Well, yeah. Yeah. you know, I'm just <laughs> – other than that, the big play at the end of that game, but you know what I mean, Coach, about about getting certain guys, mm-hmm. whether it's a Juwan James or it's a, a Laramie Tunsil mm-hmm. at, at edge. It gives you a little bit more insight where you might be able to help them seeing them from the other side a little bit easier. I think that's – I think that's part of coaching. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think it's a collaborative collaborative effort. I think um, defensive coaches should be talking to offensive guys about hey, you know, whatever the little you know, tell you have, you you know, we need to help each other figure those things out. Um, and, you know, we all should be helping each other get a little bit better. Um, I think there's a lot of skill on this team. You you, you mentioned the Drake play at the. Uh, um, you know the the Miami the, Mir- the Miami Miracle. I really think of two years ago when, um, you know, they split us out and got Drake on on a linebacker and for for, for mm-hmm. a big play. That's right. what I think yeah. of. Um, so he's a very explosive player. Um, the guy's extremely talented. Um, who's been productive in this league and I think his best years are ahead of him. Um, um, along with you know, whether it's Stills to Jakeen Grant to, um, you know, Wilson. You right, know, got yeah. you know two bookend tackles. I mean, there's some talent on this, on this, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to working with them. Coach, I, I've been standing on the sideline, <clears throat> watching that New England team for the last two decades do what they do, and and I and I watch them, and I watch and what what does it makes what makes that team what they are so consistent over year after year after year. And, and when I look at it, and I, I see a disciplined football team. I see a football team that, you know, if your job is to take outside technique, you take outside technique, and you, and you, and you force outside technique. I see, off, I see defensive linemen not running around blocks, crossing the face mm-hmm. to get to a play. I see offensive linemen, you know, being in a position where you don't have to reach and grab. Locking inside. Small out. details. Yeah. Small details. And, and, you know, coming from 
my my ten years with with the Dolphins was all with, with Don Shula, and so all I know is his his way about it, and his way about it was there's no detail that's too small mm-hmm. to go unchecked in this in in this league if you want to win, and and that's what I saw out of New England. Now you being there, and, and everyone's going to ask you like same as us, yeah. hey, you've been there for so long, you've seen it, you've seen it from the inside. What can you bring over to me? I would say from watching where I've been watching, that to me may be the biggest thing that I see about that football team. That makes them so, certainly Belichick and, and and Brady and the players and you know you take still takes talent, but the talent level is pretty close on all these teams. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's those little things that that make a Super Bowl champion or a team that's sitting on sitting there watching the playoffs once they get started. I I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I would say last night was a um, was definitely an example of that. Yeah. Um, we knew to play that offense. We we had to play our most disciplined game. Yeah. Every detail, you know, was was vital. Because yeah. if we if if they would they would they take advantage of everything, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the guys did that last night, um, and um, we built towards that over the course of the year. Um, that wasn't the case, and it's hard for that to be the case. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, early, um, but we built towards that, and I thought we improved, and I think that's important. Um, and I think uh, you know, team that I'm not, the, the team that I'm coaching. I hope they improve, and um, no, I expect them to improve. Yeah. Um, and you know, that only comes with the attention to detail that you're talking about. Introducing yourself to the fans of the Miami Dolphins for the first time, how would you describe yourself uh, to the fans? How would you take a look at your resume and what you've done and what you've put on tape as a coach, and express to the Dolphins of what they could expect out of their head coach? Um, I would say first and foremost, I would say you, you're going to get someone who, who's humble. Um, I like to call them, I like, you know, I have a sense of humility. Um, again, I don't have all the answers. Um, I have some, um, um, I'm, I'm someone who's transparent. Um, I'm going to tell the truth. Uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I feel like, you know, people want direct their answers. They need direct answers. Um, and um, you know when you can do that, you can you can be demanding. Um, so I'm not a drill sergeant. I'll laugh with with guys, and um, uh, but at the same time, when it's time to work, we work. Um, I think that's important. Um, so to to Bo's point, Brian, I, I want to ask you: those Dolphin teams, uh, when Bo was playing, were always in the top five four, six, mm-hmm. in terms of least amount mm-hmm. of mental, physical mistakes, in terms of penalties. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as a head coach that's an important statistic to be in the top of the league or somewhere around the top of the league? Penalties? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, a, stick, I'm a stickler for penalties. Mm-hmm. For sure. You got New England was number two, number yeah. two least penalized team. Yeah, I'm a definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all I've ever been around. Yeah. Um, penalties, lose games, turnovers, lose games. Miscommunication loses games. You know, those are the things that you can kind of avoid. You can control. Yeah, you can control them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, is that guys, is that the one that raises some hair in the back? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of um, yeah. it draws some ire from me for sure. <laughs> okay. um, so um, we talk about playing penalty free. I mean, that's you know, I mean, it's it's again, it's one of those things you can control to a degree, right. yeah. um, and you know. 
second and five, going to first and 20. We're not, that's not no. what we're looking for. No. Um, you, you call a play after that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I'd like to see somebody call a play. Right, it's hard. It's, it's hard. it's hard to win. Yeah, it's hard to win. Yeah. Coach, you kind of wrap this thing up. We get back to the beginning where I talked about you kind of the 24 hours that you've gone through and all this. And, and you know, when you started your, 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 your press conference today, you talked about – you mentioned your family. Yeah. You mentioned your parents. You had your high school coach here. All those people that were important to you to get to you to where you are right now. And I think you, along with everybody that was in that room that you introduced, you're all going to put their heads on the pillow tonight, including yourself. And you, at some point you go, hey, I'm the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> and they're going to go, my dad's the head coach. My husband's the head coach. My son is. My, my ex-player is. You know, that's going to be a pretty good feeling for you and everybody that was in that that press conference, I would imagine, when you when you get that moment when you lay your head down and yeah. realization hits you that this is where we're at and this is where my future is going to be. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Um, I'm fortunate. I really am, um, and I'm humbled by this opportunity, um, and I'm encouraged by this opportunity as well. Um, but this isn't the finish line for me. Yeah. Um, this is the start. Um, I'm in the blocks right now, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and I'm ready to go, and I'm rearing to go, and I'm I'm, I'm excited to go. What time are you um, in tomorrow morning? I'm in early tomorrow morning. <laughs> Good. Trust me on that one. <laughs> Coach, appreciate you taking <laughs> yeah. time out with us, Thank man. I know it's been a busy day Thank for you. you. And Thank you. Thank you. So much. Love having you on. And, uh, and, and, look, we wish you the best of luck. It's great to have you down here. Thank you. Thank you. You do great things here. Best of luck, Coach. Thank you very Thank much. You. That's great stuff from head coach Brian Flores. You know, as I got to watch Brian this offseason during the OTAs, there's one thing you can say. He's organized. He's focused on every detail. And he's passionate about getting it right. And I think the Miami Dolphins, not only for the upcoming season, but for seasons to come, they've got the right guy as their head coach. Next up, a guy who could be playing a significant role in the upcoming season. That's quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. We had a chance to catch up with Ryan after he signed his contract this offseason, and he had a great spring. Uh, he is a guy that still has a lot left in the tank going into his 15th season in the NFL as a quarterback, and there's only 32 of these jobs, and, and I know Ryan wants to put his name and his stamp on the position for the Miami Dolphins. Here's our conversation with quarterback Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right, so joining us now, the uh, new Miami Dolphin quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And uh, Ryan, first of all, welcome to Miami. And uh, uh, just just your thoughts and 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 what take us through the process of that got you here to Miami and this opportunity you've got to uh, to be the quarterback of this football team. Well, thank you. I'm excited. Uh, excited to come. And uh, you know the the thing for me when I started getting calls kind of in that second wave of free agency. Um, this was an opportunity I felt I couldn't pass up in, in terms of, you know, one of those 32 jobs to, to be a starting quarterback and to lead an NFL football team. And that was the appeal to me. It was, it was kind of the one job that was left. And um, so that, that part of it made me really excited. And then, you know, I, I know three guys already pretty well that I've worked with before on staff and get to meet you know, Coach Flo and uh, some of the other guys on staff. It just it, it got me excited, you know, what they're trying to build and uh, obviously a, a winning culture that, that Coach Flo has been around for a long time. Um, all that stuff really added up to to me wanting to come and, and for me to be real excited about it. 
Right, and you come into the league as a, as a seventh round draft choice, and here you are, fourteen years in. Did, did you ever think that uh, when when you when you heard your name called or when you got drafted that uh, that fourteen years later you're still going to be uh, uh, working in this business and, and working in this league? <laughs> no, I, I think when I got drafted in 2005 and was sitting there in training camp as the, the fourth stringer behind Jeff Smoker out of Michigan State, I didn't. I didn't think I'd even make it one year. So uh, it's been an amazing ride for me and for my family. And you know, we've met so many good people along the way. Um, but I've, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it so much. I'm just going to continue to play until, well, it looks until like... the wheels fall off, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, it looks like you've enjoyed it, especially the last couple of years, you know, listening to you talk to the local media. Uh, you, you said that physically, number one, you feel great, which is always good w- with a, a quarterback coming into his 15th season. But the last two years, you mentioned that energized you. And you could tell by your, your stats and the way you've thrown the football. I mean, 400 yards and four of your seven starts, at least 400 yards and four of your seven starts in 2018. Uh, what, what's, what's it like at, at a guy with a lot of experience – around a lot of young guys, does that energize you or does it energize you that you feel so good that you can perform at the level you're, you're expecting of yourself? Well, I think part of it is the, the youthful energy being around you know, guys that are closer in age to my kids than me. Uh, but part of it is just the joy and love for the game. I mean, I love being out there. And, you know, really, I think since, you know, when I left Buffalo, uh, after the 2012 season, and my career was kind of in limbo, and that I didn't know, you know, where we'd go from there. I signed in Tennessee, and then when I got the chance to be the starter in Houston in 2014, that kind of jump-started me and, and put me on, a, I think, a, a better path, maybe the, the second career for me in terms of uh, being able to sustain some success and have some success in, in New York, especially in that 2015 year, and I think you know, those last five years, Tampa, Houston, and New York, I've been playing the best football of my career. So I'm excited to continue to do it, and I just love playing the game. And I'm sure that you're excited about getting into the building and getting into the offense. You've seen and been exposed to probably just about every offense you can imagine through your career in college and the NFL uh, about having some input and, and seeing what's going to be on the table and, and really getting to learn your teammates, I would think. Yeah, that's the, that's the most exciting part for me is just being able to sit in the lunchroom, sit down with the guys, you know, getting to know them on a personal level and, and then, you know, working together and trying to figure things out on the field. But, those relationships are, you know, and with the, with the coaches as well. That's the kind of stuff that, that I really enjoy. And in the off season, things that you can really build upon, build a strong foundation. So the X's and O's are what they are. You know, it's a, I've been in a similar system in Houston, but everybody does it a little bit differently. Uh, so that'll be fun to kind of grow together and, and learn the system as we go here from bottom up. But I'm just excited to get out there and, and like I said, get, get in that lunchroom and just, you know, hang out with the guys and get to know them a little bit. And you, you mentioned that uh, there's a couple guys on the on the Dolphins staff that you know. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at you, you, you. You've been here for 14 years in this league. You've been on seven different teams. Is there anybody in this league that you don't know? <laughs> I, I mean, you, you, yeah, you, 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 you with, with the way with the way players I, and coaches come and go. I would assume that your knowledge of of or no or the people that you know in this league is a pretty it's a pretty thick. Uh, 
pretty pretty thick address book, if you will. Yeah, you're. De- I mean, you're definitely right on that. And the last few teams I've been on have have kind of you know I've run into guys from previous life experiences. <laughs> but yeah, that's one. You know, I was really, I had I was with him in Buffalo and Carl Durrell. I was with him in New York. Yeah. Lord Godsey, I was with him in Houston. So there's there's different guys along the way. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's collect them all at this point. And how does it help you coming into a situation? Look, you, you've, you've come into situations seven times prior to this, but how much does it help when you walk in and, and you see familiar faces, whether it's from a coaching staff standpoint, whether it's from a front office standpoint, or, or certainly from a from a, a player standpoint, a, a teammate standpoint? Well, I think it helps. It helps a little bit. But, uh, you know, I always think when I go to a new place, I always think about my kids. I think about yeah. my oldest son. He's 12 now. And every time we pick up a move, you know, that, that first day of school for him walking in and not knowing anybody. And it's, you know, it's still, even though I know a few guys, it's a little bit like that for me. Yeah. I'm not familiar with a lot of the players on the team. And so you still have those first day jitters when you're walking into your new middle school or high school and, and not knowing a whole lot of people. So, um, you know, it's, I, I actually, I love the way that he approaches it and, and his attitude, my son. So that's, that's kind of the way that I do as well. I, I kind of learned the attitude from him moving around so much. Ryan, how's the game changed for you personally uh, since you came into the game, learning the game, the NFL game as a quarterback, compared to now, uh, mentally, physically, with rule changes? Has it changed a lot the way you play the position? Uh, I mean, the, the game has changed with some of the, with some of the rule changes. Uh, and, and, and look, I think. I think a lot of it, or most of it, especially the stuff that goes in line with player safety, has been changed for the better. Uh, that being said, you know some of those uh, head shots and knockout shots that have been taken out of the game completely have, have opened up the middle of the field a little bit. I, I think I think that's definitely the case. Um, but look, it, when when they have the player safety uh, in the you know, keeping players on the field is in the best interest of everybody for the game. It just makes everything better. And so um, that the rule changes a, a little bit, you know, and then obviously some of the other stuff, there, there's been a lot since, you know, overtime rule changes and things like that that have kind of changed the structure and strategy of the game a little bit. But in general, you know, we, we keep saying the game's evolving and, and we run the A's and everything else. And I watch a team like the Wingham last year wins the Super Bowl who, you know, they, a lot of some of their stuff they're doing was in 21 personnel with a fullback on the field, which which was bad, you know. And so, it, the more the more things that change, uh, you know, the more things that are also going to go back and be the same. It's just ever evolving thing, and you kind of end up where you started because there's a simplicity to this game uh, and a purity in this game that I don't think will ever really change. And you know, at the heart of it, you still got to be able to stop the offense. And on offense, you still got to be able to run the ball, and things that never change. Yeah, you know what? Uh, tackling, blocking, all those simple things in football, you still have to do. And and until you do that at a high level, uh, you're not going to win on a consistent basis. I, I I know I heard you talking to the local media, and I thought it was really impactful for me to to hear you say, you know, there's only 32 of these jobs, and I had other opportunities. They had other guys penciled in, but this was an opportunity for me to go out and compete and be able to be the starting quarterback. Did that stoke your fire a little bit? Did that kind of pump your chest out a little bit to say, you know what, this is the right opportunity. I'm playing at a high level right now. I have experience, and I feel like this is the right opportunity to join the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, 
I think there are a lot of guys that, that appreciate it, but I don't know if there's there's many guys that appreciate it as much as I do, you know, in terms of moving around as much as I have and uh, the, the things that I've been through in my career to be able to, you know, step out there uh, that opening weekend and, and be the starter and one of the 32 starters at quarterback for an NFL team is such a special honor and a special distinction. And, um, that's not that's not something that I take lightly, you know, and so to be able to give uh, to be given an opportunity to at least compete for that, uh, you know, I was uh, I was really fired up uh, and excited to join Miami. You know, you've traveled around a lot, and and you uh, had the opportunity to spend some time up in Boston while you were at Harvard, and while you're up there, somehow you got tied in with the Celtics and, and Red Arbach. Can you take us through that story a little bit? Which had to be pretty, you know, of <laughs> of, of, of the things that have gone on in in people's lives. There's, there's always those things that really stick out when you've met somebody or some icon or whatever that you had that opportunity. And you know, for me, I've kind of been a long time Celtics fan, and uh, to meet the guy with the big cigar had to be pretty fun for you. Yeah, that that was that was pretty that was right up there for me. So I when I was growing up in Covert, Arizona, my high school basketball team had a couple guys with the last name of Ainge, Austin and Tanner Ainge, who are Danny Danny Ainge's boys. Um, and Austin was a year older, and, and Tanner was a year younger. And so I played with them. Uh, we were on the high school basketball team together, um, and so I got to know their family a little bit when I was out at Harvard. Uh, it was either between my sophomore and junior year, junior and senior year. Uh, I interned for the Celtics. You know, I called Danny and asked him if I could uh, help out in any way. And so part of it was picking guys up from the airport and, you know, shuttling players to workouts and things. But one day I was sitting in the, uh, in their basketball offices and I just smell cigar smoke, <laughs> you know, and everybody knew what that meant. And it was my first experience with it. So I was, what exactly it meant. And Red was in the building and, I got to go pick up a prescription for him and bring it back. So I felt I felt pretty special uh, to be able to do that for him. Sounds good. Hey, were the Ainge boys any good, or or could you take you take them down in a game of horse pretty easily, or what? I'll tell you, Austin Austin Ainge single handedly. I think he goes for the Celtics now, but he single handedly brought the the Highland Hawks to the state championship <laughs> this senior year. And then you know Tanner, I had that whole age thing on, so uh, he could definitely shoot better than I could, but. Um, you know, I could probably out physical and down low. Well, as long as long as the Highland Hawks got in one That's state it. championship, you one gotta, way or another, you got something to boast about for the rest <laughs> of your life, right? Yeah. Hey, hey, Ryan, thanks for joining us. I know it's been a busy day for you, and uh, we look forward to seeing you out here. Welcome to Miami, and uh, let's go out and have some fun this year. Okay, thanks. I appreciate it. Fitzpatrick looks like, to me, he's ready for the upcoming season. I'm excited to watch him in training camp compete for that starting quarterback position. It'll be an exciting time for the Miami Dolphins. Next up, it's a guy that any quarterback would be happy to have protecting his blind side. That's fourth-year starting left tackle Laramie Tunsil. Bo and I had a chance to sit down with Laramie this offseason to discuss his career and the upcoming season. All right, joining us now, Laramie Tunsil. And Laramie, it's... Uh... It was a, kind of a rough season last year. Um, coaching staff change, uh, a lot of changes. Um, tough to go through those changes, but, but do, you, do, you, do you like the direction that this franchise and, and your team is going in right now? Uh, so far, so good. Like, it's still early. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a lot of judgment. You know, we can't make right now. We can't predict. Uh, so far, so good, as I can say. 
good 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 coaching staff, great group of uh, players. Hopefully we can turn this program around and, and do so. Brian Flores addressed you guys uh, really at the, at the beginning of, of this offseason. And as you start your conditioning drill, you got rookies coming in this week. Uh, and next week you'll have OTAs with all you guys together. Well, what is the message that Brian Flores is trying to deliver to you guys as a football team to make you be as successful as you possibly can be? I'm going to sum it all up in one word. It's uh, discipline. You know, he wants this football team to be disciplined. And, and, and make sure we do everything right and doing the little things right. He always did on that, doing the little things right. And, and, and you respect that for a guy like that coming from a great program like, as such as New England and, and winning many Pro Bowl, not Pro Bowl, but Super Bowls. Yeah. You know, a lot of people in me outside the locker room don't really put a lot of credence into that, you know, the discipline thing. But you're in the locker room. You see it. I mean, you, wins and losses are determined by a, an offsides or a, or a – a bad hit, you know, losing your temper. You can talk to that. How much do you think that'll change the, the DNA of this football team? As far as right now, I think that's going to change tremendously. You know, When he came in and talked to us in the first team meeting we had, his main thing was getting rid of the penalties. And, and you can see that now, you know, he, he preaches discipline. He preaches doing the little things. He preaches, you know, you always want to carry yourself right, you know. He wants you to be more than just a football player. He tries to teach you things as, as being a man. Where do uh, where does this group see themselves? Where do you, as a football team, see yourselves? And along that line, you know, you're coming into what your fourth year now. Um, I thought you should have been a Pro Bowler last year. I know that's something that's 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 high on your uh, wish list and, and wannabe list is be a Pro Bowler. Um, with this group coming in, how does leadership fall on your shoulders, and and how do you go about? turning yourself into that type of leader in the locker room as well as on the field that you want to be that this football team needs to have being a leader that's something I have to work on you know um, I always lead by example mm -hmm. instead of being more vocal and and you know that's something I feel like you can just work on that and, and become a, a great leader a great leader um, and and what helped me with that I had a lot of great leaders like Mike Pouncey yep. Brandon Albert Jermon Bushrod you know seeing those guys how they led and I can pick up some of their traits and just keep it going. You know, it's funny. You mentioned all those all those guys you played with, and most of the time when you were looking, they were ahead of you. You know, you're looking at them, mm -hmm. but now you're kind of looking around. No one's ahead of you, but you. You know, you. Everybody's behind you now. So I think you would like that responsibility to grab the reins and kind of kind of mold this offensive line because there's only a few guys that you've played with on the offensive line. I know DK is one of those older guys, but only one year with them. It's kind of your time to your time to like step out in the spotlight. Do you, do you feel that way? I, I actually do feel that way. I feel like, uh, you know, they look at to me as like, as their leader or somebody they need like some advice from. Like one of the younger guys, you know, was, was struggling with a play and they come up to me, you know. And that's something I, I just take in and just learn from. You know, it, to, to me, the, the teams I've been on that have had a lot of success, you have a strong head coach leading the way, but you also have strong guys in the locker room. Right. Strong guys in the locker room that can control can can patrol that locker room themselves. Right. You know, you, if you got to, <clears throat> sometimes you got to walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, you can't keep doing that. Right. You can't. Right. If you're not going to do it, we're going to get you off the field. We'll get someone else in here." You you, you got to. Can you be one of those guys that can that can walk up to somebody and say, "We need better from you. We need more from you. You need to look in the mirror and see what you can do to be better and make this football team better." I was talking about prior to the draft is, you know, this draft, this football team needs to, needs to bring players in that aren't just going to make the team, but guys are going to make the team better. Better. And Thanks. there's a difference right. in those yes, two it guys. Is. It really is. The Rick, the Rick class we have now, I hope we, they come in and, and produce 
you know, and, and, and that's every year with every rookie that come in. You want them to come in and produce to, and, and, and be and, and, and reach their full potential, you know, and that's the goal. Larry, what's the biggest difference with this new coaching staff that you can see? I know you talked about discipline, but a lot of new coaches, especially on the offensive side, Pat Flattery, your mm-hmm. new offensive line coach. So each offensive line coach maybe has their little things they like to do, little technique changes. You think that's going to help you, broaden you, for what he's bringing to the table as a new as a new line coach? I think so. Like, everything he teaches us, I try to soak in. You know, he's a... He's an old school type guy. You know, he does everything old school as far as his drills, as far as his teaching, and, and whatever he throws out there, you know, I'm trying to soak it in as much as I can. Larry, you, 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 one, of the, one of the big changes, obviously, this year is Ryan Tannehill is gone. He's in uh, Tennessee. Uh, it's a wide open quarterback position. You go out and you get uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 15 years in the league. He's seen it all and done it all. And then you go and you get to Josh Rosen, top 10 pick last year in Arizona. They've decided that you know they move on with uh, with Kyler Murray and he and uh, and Rosen ends up here. You got a little different situation in the quarterback position you've had, although you've kind of been up and down because Ryan was in, then he was out, and then you had Cutler, and then he was back, and so you've been through a lot of changes in that quarterback position. Here yet comes another change for you. How is it? How important it is is it for this team to get that right guy for this year and for down the road? In my opinion, I feel like it's it's. You build a team around. You build a team around a quarterback. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. And you want to have a great quarterback. And in, in, in the situation we have, we have two great quarterbacks. We have a veteran. We have a veteran, and we have a young guy. A young guy who's seen a lot of football. A veteran who has seen a lot of football. So it's a give or take. You know, it's, it's up to Coach Flores and see who we pick. But they're both great guys, and, and I'll vouch for them. You know, you're going to stand up there and you're, you're stand up and do your job. You're going to try to protect them. You're going to try to open running lanes and and do all that stuff. But as you as you watch during this training camp. Or are you going to be formulating in my mind the guy that you like, the guy, ooh, this guy, this guy's maybe a little more mobile, this guy's this? I mean, you, you, you have to formulate in your mind, hey, I'd really like to see this guy back here. <laughs> you know, I like both of them. I, I really just can't pick between the two right now. Well, I'm not asking you to pick. pick yeah. I'm just thinking as training camp goes on, you're going to kind of enamor yourself with one guy or the other at some point. I would hope they put me at quarterback, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen you throw. Yeah, yeah, you right. Got yeah, I got on, but. Hey, you know what the other thing you got to do? We're not picking quarterbacks. When the next time you get to Bo's, any one of Bo's locations, you got to try the wings. Because I've heard the Cajun are pretty good, but the outrageous hot, you got to try those. See, John, those I, I got to I got to fill the listeners in because we, we 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 just brought him over and threw <laughs> some of our atomic wings. I think they're I think they're Bo's ball buster gut buster kicking the nuts, nuts. Don't go to the bathroom later tonight. Those are the wings we threw you, and they were pretty hot, man. They were pretty hot. Now, you, you ate more. You had more bites than I had. Yeah, and it was. And I was sweating. No, when you yeah. dove in for the second bite, then I saw you go for the milk. I knew yeah, it yeah, was we'll hot. Was a- <laughs> <laughs> All right, Laramie, appreciate you stopping Larry, by, man. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, my Good guy. sport. Hey, wish so. the best appreciate out of you this year, and uh, you know what? Uh, take control of this football team and make them your football team. You got big shoulders, man. You can stack a lot of guys on there and bring them to the Glad finish line. Yep. All right. Let's do it. Appreciate Thanks, it, my guy. Larry. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed taking a look back at some of our favorite interviews from this offseason. Make sure to check back as we continue to provide insight and analysis leading up to the beginning of training camp, which gets underway in late July.